Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, a beautiful afternoon for a good game of football now, and it looks as though we have the making of it. Barnes has come in. And welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. My name is Matt Messiano. And just like Valerian Ishmael, we've rung the changes to welcome Jordan Weimer back. And this time alongside Tom Bedell for the uh, terrible threesome or the or the fantastic trio, however you prefer to, to, to call them. They're all back here together. And now we can uh, dissect. My goodness, it's a fantastic away victory to talk about. Guys, first of all, are you feeling Christmassy? Are you in the are you in the the, the Xmas mood, how, how are you feeling? Well, I think it really would be a terrible threesome, wouldn't it? I've got that thought. This is stuck in my mind now. Um, <laughs> I think I'm doing pretty well. Uh, um, yeah, good to be uh, good to be kind of getting back. In. I, I feel like we've had a good few games to talk about, even though the results haven't been always, you know, exactly what we wanted. We've had some, some good performances and we've had a little bit of payoff. So, yeah, getting ready for... Uh, Hopefully that continuation into and over Christmas. Good stuff, Tom. Are you are you feeling festive yet? I am, mate. Week till Christmas. I I have to say, I know I come across as the miserable old so and so of the pod. I love this time of year. It's my absolute favourite time of year. You know, work winds down, seeing friends and family, you know, drinking and just enjoying it. And we were just talking about snow prior to recording. I would love a bit mm. of snow. The sky looks ready to go, but it's not actually that cold. So. Um, no. I'm very envious of the fact Jordan is more likely to uh, get snow than we are over in Canada. I definitely thought you'd be a Scrooge this time of year. To no, see I love, mate, I love it. I'm fully into yeah, it. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Five one away wins help as well. To be fair, it uh, do indeed. I guess you're pretty bored of snow, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, we're we're I'm kind of enjoying the lack of it at the moment having said that snow at christmas is always nice and there's a there's a chance we'll get it but yeah living in this abnormal climate right now we haven't got it for the first time in forever so really oh yes. wow enjoy enjoy um okay then guys uh five one who predicted that anyone 
I certainly didn't. Did we predict? I don't know. I felt like we. I, I was saying just before we start recording. I think we felt pretty confident off the back of the most recent fixtures. Maybe five one. We didn't predict exactly, but um, I, I think we felt pretty good going into this one, though. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we felt good. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was one of the. I, I think the difference for me was you know we talked about the games that little blocker games, um, Norwich, Hull, Southampton, Ipswich, all teams that we had to kind of find that little counter-attacking streak within the team, you know, be a little bit more conservative or maybe not conservative, not as dominant in possession, you know, switch that mindset a little bit. And we started to see, or we just definitely discussed the fact that it was almost nice to have that run of fixtures together where we could really kind of work on that style of play and, and allow us to kind of continue it game to game. It really started to pay off. But this one was different, you know, going to a, a, a Preston team who's not going to be kind of playing the same style of football and not going to be dominating the ball in the same manner a little bit more pragmatic themselves and attack. And the question was always going to be, can we bring the positives of that that streak of games? We're playing that style of football that way. Can we then progress it into something a little bit more controlled, um, a little bit more dominant, uh, closer to what we saw at the beginning of the season? I think we found that really nice blend between the two. And, uh, you know, the first half was a little bit patchy, but the second half, you know, we, we were dominant. Mm. Surprising team news, Tom, saw four changes and Ishmael commented, it's a good time to rotate a little bit. We have our regular discussions with our medical staff and it's clear some players are showing signs of fatigue. Uh, so it's le- so let's take a sensible decision now before it becomes a problem. Some of the other players deserve to play as well. So this is a good time for them to show they can make a difference. Um, I think the key player that he was talking about there was was Ryan Andrews and it was a, a bit of a shock to not see him uh, in the starting eleven, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's easy to forget because he's looked so comfortable and established himself so well that he is as young as he is. This is his first full season. Um, you know, it takes a lot out of you. And we, you regularly see these players come through and they're not physically at the same level as kind of senior players. So I think it makes sense. I think the surprise, obviously, was that it was Tom Deli Bashir who in from the cold who replaced him but the overall policy you know totally with it I think these were probably if it was going to be before Christmas it was either this game or Blackburn where you probably made those uh, changes given the, the fixtures that we had prior to these two so I guess you know with the benefit of hindsight we say it turns into a bit of a masterstroke albeit uh, Delhi Bashiri didn't necessarily have an easy 60 minutes or whatever it was at right back on the day yeah, Jordan, like getting a pair of socks for Christmas. Not what we really wanted, was it, to see Ryan Andrews out of the picture? You know, as I've gotten older, I've started to appreciate socks a little bit more, though, I have to say. I've asked for some for Christmas. Have you really? Yeah, Gosh. thick ones, like good ones, but yeah, I have. Mm. No, socks are a good pair of socks. It's quite bad, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think it was, it's, you know, it's a shame to see him out, but this, I think we felt like this was the risk, you know, in Gaki is out for a while. Um, a lot of football for Andrews, as, as Tom mentioned there, he's a, he's a young player, you know, 19 years old and, um, you know, youth, you might, or what you might consider it to be the, the a benefit that you're only 19 and in terms of recovery and stuff, but there's also an element of, you know, learning to, to recover and, and properly having, you know, a, a regime, a schedule which allows you to do so. And it's tough for young players to kind of get a grasp on that early in their career, uh, especially as well with with the demands that's that's placed on them at fullback as well. You know, you're looking at a right back, there's a lot of work he's doing in games. He gets forward really well. And, you know, it's, it's something that happens. But Tom DeLay-Bashu is obviously an interesting one. Mm. Um, quite poor defensively, wasn't he? 
Tom? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's one of those games where the win kind of masks it a little bit, but had it gone another way, I think people would have been kind of queuing up to, to criticise Ishmael for that. Credit to him for changing it right, bringing on Porteous um, and, and kind of solidifying it by doing that. But their goal came from that side and a lot of their best moments... Preston came from that side, didn't they? Um, there was a, uh, a couple of crosses from Liam Miller, who was particularly dangerous. Brad put one into Brad Potts um, uh, before the goal. Another one after the goal where Potts, everyone sort of left it for some reason. And Brad Potts got on the end of it again. And, you know, they looked threatening down that side. And it was only natural that a lot of their attacking endeavour came down that, down that left-hand side because they were up against someone who was out of position. I'm a little bit surprised that, or I am surprised that it was that it was Tom that was in there. I would have kind of thought that Porteous would have been a more natural um, player to go in there, given he is at the very least a right-footed defender. I guess we've seen that experiment, and now the and now the question is, do we do we do something in January? Because the Ngakia one, you know, how soon is he back? How long is the recovery how long is it until he's actually fully fit and ready to go and be relied upon um you don't want to leave yourself short particularly if there's a chance of maybe just about sneaking into that playoff contention what i will say about david bashiri there is it, he did give you something a little bit different you kind of look at those inv- inverted fullbacks we kind of drift into that you know, central midfield position. Obviously there he looks much more comfortable and there was a few occasions where he was able to start attacks from that position, from that movement, from that ability to play through the middle. And that looked that looks good. But as you said, it was it was off the ball. Uh, you know, Miller was was closing him down quickly, um, kind of drifting past him. He just he just looked uncomfortable. He looked a bit out of his depth there. Then maybe something he could improve on. Maybe it's something that it, he he might be able to adapt to in time if it was you know a way of getting into the team. Then it might be something he looks to to kind of really work on. If they're, they're going through training with him and and seeing what he can do there, they might have seen something which suggests that there's possibility or a chance he'll settle in there. Uh, but the, yeah, it was a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde one for me. I thought at times in the ball he was good, but um, you know a liability and and a problem, especially when you've got strikers in the pitch like Will Keane is you know, quite quite intelligent in terms of his movement and quite sharp in the box. Only have to make one or two mistakes and you know it cost you a goal as as we saw mm. out the blue one. But uh, James Morris is he still fit? Is he still around? He's still fit. He's active, just uh, just not selected. Yeah. I mean, he could have he could have played on the right, couldn't he? Surely he'd have been a better option than than TDB in that place. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think his left foot is one of his benefits. You know, maybe you'd be looking probably more putting Lewis in the right and and Morris in the left. But you know, I think with with Morris, we had expectations that were pretty low for him, and he exceeded them. Uh, at, at the beginning of the season, he kind of looked like he might have a role to play, but I think most people would feel that it's still it's still too high of a level for him to be consistently playing. And you know, Tony Libashiro wasn't perfect there, but I, I can see the logic in, in thinking that he could he could potentially play in that position. Okay, then one that perhaps uh, Valerian got away with um, a few more changes: Francisco Serralta in for Ryan Porteous, uh, one that you felt was coming yeah I think we've talked a few times now haven't we about Sierra Alta perhaps coming in for Porteous and taking him out the final line the only thing I would say on it is that I kind of felt like that time was a few weeks ago now um I think he's come through the absolute kind of worst of that and was probably if not hitting the levels of 
the end of last season or when he first came in last season, um, you know, probably working his way back to that level. But yeah, I think I think that one kind of made sense as well. Those guys have played a lot of football naturally, given our recent injury record and how thin we are um, at centre half. Remarkable ability to be available both Porteous and Hoot this season, which um, yeah, over the years, particularly centre back, actually Cathcart, Cabasale, Sierra Alta, we know. Uh, have all been, you know, been good for a chunk out, chunk of the season on the sidelines at any given time. So, another one where um, we've probably got away with it a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I like Sirianta in there. Yeah, no, I think he's a good player. I, I enjoy. I think he's. I would start personally. I would like to see Sirianta start more games. I think availability is the the issue with him often. Um, but I think he just. I, I think he's a smart footballer. He knows how to use the ball simply, but he kind of gets how this system works, and he just plays well within it. He doesn't overcomplicate things, but. He's a good a good defender, and I think he uses the ball quite well. I just you get you know a little bit more what you're going to get from Syriata than Porteous at times. Although, as Tom did say there, I think it's true he has looked better in the last couple of games. Um, you know, there'll be uh, there'll be room for switching around, but I think it is kind of a a centre back by committee situation now between those three, and then obviously you've got Pollock deputising and and filling in or you know coming into a back three at times even when. Uh, when called upon. So, you know, centre back still a position I think is is of need, especially a left sided one. Uh, you know, if something was to happen to Hoot, you you fear a little bit for that. So I, I would imagine that's somewhere we're identifying in January, possibly, or at least exploring those those options and possibilities. But yeah, it's it's uh and then maybe also a casualty of a potential kind of near injury situation himself that kind of had to be monitored. Mm. And then Mateus Martins came in for Yasser Espria, but um, Ken kept his position on the left. So we thought we saw Martins on the right-hand side for first time in a while, I think. Hmm. Yeah, what do we think of that? What, was that what you wanted? Well, that's, that's what I've been asking for for a little while, and I was pretty happy with it personally. But um, I feel like he made that change with you in mind there, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I felt like he'd been listening to the pod, and uh, he thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Matt's got an idea. But no, you, you was against it though, John. So how did, what did you think of that? Um, move? Did you feel it worked, or, or was you still not 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 too confident with it? What was your opinion? Um, not against in the sense that I'd rather him be on the pitch than not. I just would rather see him on the left. Having said that, obviously Ken is Ken's threat comes from being left hand side. I think if you're looking at diminishing returns from switching them to the opposite flanks, I think Ken's they give you more from the left. Um, or sorry, I think Ken would offer less from the opposite side than Martin's. But I don't think Martin's looked himself on the right still. Um, I think you do see the best of him driving from the left-hand side, cutting in and, and playing in that attacking way. He didn't do badly, by any means, like more direct than Espria, obviously. Um, still kind of looking to take his player on. But um, if it means getting on the pitch, then then sure. But I, I think he is more effective from the left. It's fair enough. He scored a goal. Yeah, no, for sure. And and again, this this is only I'm just I'm basing this really off his ability more than anything, how dangerous he can be from that left. I think especially in, in counter attacking situations, then maybe there's a little bit more freedom here when it's a bit more of a balanced game. But I think if you're using him against one of the top teams, I think from that left hand side is just a real threat, um, real goal threat, real real counter attacking threat. But you know, he was involved and he wasn't he wasn't a you know, he wasn't switched to the right hand side and became anonymous. Um he was able to get involved, obviously scored as well, which which helps. But um, yeah, it was it was still a good game for him. So I'm pleased that he was able to get some minutes because really, you look at that team, you look at him as a player, you, you think he should be starting more games than he has done recently. He's barely featured in recent games apart from little kind of moments towards the end. So yeah, I'm pleased that he's in there and kind of makes it difficult now for you to uh, drop him as well. 
Tom, a question from Peter Johnson at Nascot Hornet, and this is in relation to, well, both Matthias Martins and also Tom Deli-Brashiro, to be honest. Um, how well did those players playing out of their natural position perform in those roles that they were put in? Yeah, I don't think we'll see Tom Deli-Brashiro uh, right back again in a hurry. I think that's an experiment that won't be repeated unless it's a real emergency which is not to say he did terribly I think he was just he was dealt a pretty raw deal in that um Liam Miller is particularly good player particularly dangerous player for Preston no one attempted more dribbles or completed more dribbles than him no one more progressive runs than him no one received the ball more than him sorry tell a lie Wesley Hoot was any player to receive the ball more than him and no one took more touches in the opponent's box than him which I think indicates that he had a bit of a a good day, and they do just generally channel a lot of their play down the left hand side. So I don't, I don't think he did terribly, Tom Deli Bashir. And you, you could maybe see a, you could envisage perhaps a situation where we expect to have a bit more of the ball, you know, home against a weaker team where you can use his athleticism um, and ability to get out of tight spaces to kind of get forward from right back, and maybe you have, um, you know, some the left back shuffles in, and you have a bit of a kind of back three there. Uh, potentially a bit of a sort of lopsided back three there in possession. But, I, I, yeah, I don't know if we discovered a, a, a saviour there in the way that we did last season by, by sticking Dan Gosling in at right back. In terms of Matthias Martins, I think he did really well, obviously. Got the goal. And um, I wonder if there is something to be said for we know full well that his MO is always get ball, run at goal as quickly as possible and try to score. So is there something in playing him on the right or even more centrally and allowing him to do that? Obviously the goal comes about from um, kind of counter-attacking situation very early in the second half. Um, but I, I kind of wondered if that is an easier route to goal for him, if that's what he's going to do, almost make him a bit, you know, inside forward kind of thing um, rather than the conventional winger. But as we said before, we've got kind of options in our wide players and you've got to use those, I suppose, to exploit opposing teams' weaknesses. And given we've just said that Miller likes to get forward and, uh, you know, get some lots of advanced positions and whatnot, I guess the the, the direct kind of um, yin to that yang is that that's going to leave space in behind. Uh, given who's their left wing back, you know, spacing behind Mateus Martins to attack. And maybe him with his pace and directness was a better bet than than Jasper Sabria on the day, who tends to start a bit deeper and take a bit more of a, you know, around the houses mm. route to go. Um, well, then the final change to talk about was Vakun Bayo coming in for Mileta Rajevic. Uh, it's something that has been seen in the in the Twitter sphere as, as something people wanted to see happen, although um they were sort of split on whether it was going to be Bio coming in or or Reese Healy. Um ultimately it was Bayo and he kind of proved his doubters wrong with 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 two fantastic goals. The second um better than the first. What did um what did you make of him, Jordan? Yeah, Bayo was great. Um you know the, the goals obviously that's huge plus assist as well. Um and and just that overall work off the ball, you know, just tireless and making it really difficult for for defenders that are trying to play the ball out and it's it's really kind of on his day he's an awkward player to play against. He can be hard to predict, hard to read, he moves across the pitch really well and yeah, just the ideal uh, vacuum Bayo performance, I'd say. Yeah, what what did he give you that 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 Ryovich doesn't give you, and, and why was he so 
good uh, for that particular game. Well, I think the link-up play is much better. You know, two key passes in the game. He got in the ball 41 times, which is, you know, often double uh, to what Brajovic gets, you know, in a game. Um, retains the ball well, but is able to to bring others into play. You know, you, you, there's, I think it might be the third goal um, or Kone's goal, perhaps the, the ball just goes into him. It's just a simple touch layoff, you know, just one, two, nice and simple, kind of leans into the defender and lays it off. But you can underestimate how... Often that would be a situation with a different striker. He'd lose the ball or he'd make a different decision, but he's unselfish. Um, I think that really shows in his game. He, he works tirelessly, but not just for himself to get on the score sheet, to you know bring others into play. And that's extremely useful. Uh, much more mobile than, than Rajovic in terms of his pressing and, and just kind of able to get into different positions. He should have probably scored in the first half and he ran to the keeper and just didn't kind of get enough power on the, on the drive to, to, to beat the last defender that kind of got back onto the goal line. But, you know, he's he's a different option. He's not always going to score you two goals a game, obviously, but he can be effective in those situations. And his finishes were, you know, really good finishes. The first one, diving low to get on that header is, you know, it's not yeah. an easy goal to score. And the second one, a good bit of interplay and you know, obviously good work from Kembe, but he's he's in the right position. And I, I think he deserves that because I think he can, he can often be a little bit unglamorous and perhaps not get the credit that, that he deserves. But I think that was um, that was probably the best game we've seen from him. I think it was telling he was involved in so many of the goals as he was. So obviously scores the equaliser, really nice header, by the way. And I thought what was good about that goal generally was how patient we were, that we had it on the right and we eventually went all the way over to the left and, and this great ball from Hoop. Second goal, it's him that collects it deep, lays it off to Kone, who obviously picks out the run, but he's in that deep position to make that little layoff in the first place. Fourth goal, um, obviously a fantastic finish, but he had started the move, if you watch it back, on the halfway line in the first place. It's him that puts it into Kayembe. And at that stage, he's well behind Kayembe, but he makes that run. And it's just a really good mm. finish on the run. And, and given he's been out of the team for so long, you could you know conceivably see a situation where that sails past the post. And obviously, he missed a chance, a very presentable chance the first half. And then the fifth goal, um, he's, he's heavily involved in that one. He plays the one-two with... Kone, who obviously goes on and crashes at home. So they're not spectacular um, in, in a sense, um, but, you know, he, he plays his part. He completed 17 of 21 passes, uh, attempted three passes in the final third, but also had more shots than anyone on the pitch, which I think says, you know, he was able to do a little bit of both quite effectively. So, yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a, a really, really good showing from him. We, we'd said... We wanted to see him in this one, knowing kind of how Preston were going to play and the physical battle that we expected. And I, th- I think he more than more than vindicated Bell's decision. Off the four, is he the one that has the biggest argument for retaining his place for Blackburn? I would say so. I think Andrew surely comes back in. Martins didn't do anything to suggest he should come out, but yeah, I think I would. I would say Bayo. I'd be very surprised if you, you what message does that send to yeah. drop someone who scores two goals mm. and plays so well? Um, yeah, I'd be very surprised if he came out for Blackburn. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. No. No. Yeah. And you spoke there about that fantastic ball from Kayembe, who you know, we've spoken on the pod recently as sort of being a, a revelation in this new role. And that whole midfield was fantastic. But I think Kayembe was a lot of people's man of the match um, on Saturday. Uh, let's, let's spend a little bit of time talking about that midfield. And Kayembe in particular, um, he's, he's been fantastic, hasn't he? Yeah, KM has been great. You know, both number eights, I think, were were really impressive. Um, just, I think the comfort within the system has really come through. You know, they really under, they both really understand their roles, but KM is looking very composed there. Um, we're starting to see the best out of his um, his mobility, his ability on the ball with that left foot. You know, oftentimes you you, you watch the game and you think, you know, these play, have these players players seen him play before? Because he's just, you know, free to cut on his left on, on a few occasions and it's just too easy for him. But when he does get that freedom, that space in his left foot, he, he can be dangerous. And obviously the strike is really good. You know, seeing him take those chances now. Um, playing him off that right-hand side. Same with Kone, you know, playing on the opposite side. This is really what Ismail has been trying to do and you know we, we touched on it a few quite a few weeks ago now and we kind of just talked about that clip in training where he's turned to get more shots away and just take more opportunities and you you see it in the setup of that midfield you know that the, we lose that inversion of the outside the, the wingers the players on the outside there we lose that a little bit with Ken Semmer and on the left and Martins on the right you gain it um, by having Kone and, and Kayembe on those right and left hands, left hand sides respectively, because they can cut in and and get those opportunities away. And you know, the good chances, good good positions to score from, especially if you've got a striker like Bio, who I know he scored two goals, but oftentimes it's going to be helping bring others into play. He's not necessarily going to be scoring goals every game. If he can be involved in that, if you can get those guys into shooting opportunities and take more shots, take chances, they've got the quality to do it. So, um, yeah, quite effective. And I, I think the eights for me were, were, were the star of the show. Yeah, um, it, it's it's really funny, isn't it? At the start of the season, we were speaking about how disappointing the midfield was and how it needed uh, investment. And now it doesn't feel like that's as big an area to improve at the moment, Tom. No, definitely not. I think the only concern is that they've done so well and, and we've seen tonight that Kayembe is, of course, in the Congo provisional squad for the African Cup of Nations. So it, he is you, know, indeed, you, you yeah. kind of hope in the nicest possible way and the, the risk of upsetting any um, any witch doctors in the area, as we did last year <laughs> with Ismail Asar, that they kind of don't progress too far. Um, there's obviously the question mark over loser, but I think generally that midfield looks fairly set now. If we were going to do anything, I think it would probably be 
someone to share the load with Jake Livermore at number six. But but even then, you know, Sierra Alta has shown that he can do a serviceable job. So, yeah, it's gone from being probably one of my highest priorities to one I'm far less concerned about. Mm, we'll get back to transfers in a moment, but let's talk about the other pick that people had for their man of the match. And that was uh, the goalkeeper, Ben Hamer, who was the club's player of the match, making an incredible nine saves, uh, including a couple of very timely ones. Jordan, how good was Ben Hamer yesterday? Yeah, really good. Um, just looked composed, didn't he? He was he was clipping the ball around, but, you know, obviously saves were in abundance. Um yeah, nine saves, you say, came out and you know, punched the ball twice, um, came and claimed it, high claims two. Six of those saves out of the nine were inside the box. Um, you know, these these are these are really impressive numbers and, and really impressive output from your goalkeeper. Yeah, decent, as I said, decent the ball too. You know, he was able to to move it around despite having you know quite a few long balls forward. He's still completing them, he's still being effective. And it's just you know, it's nice to have, you know, you, if you come out from the cold there and he's not expecting to play that much this season, obviously, you know, we, we didn't expect him to be in there and I'm sure he didn't really either. He's not necessarily one of those backups that's there to really push and, and fight for that first team spot. You're kind of there as a contingency, but he's he's earned it and then he's been in net and he's done really, really well. And that last game obviously was was definitely the highlight of his, uh, of his Watford career so far, I'd say. Yeah, Tom. We uh, we we try not to speak about goalkeepers every week, but it seems like we get unavoidable <laughs> because uh, exactly. it, just, it just keeps happening that there's something to talk about. Um, yeah, Ben Hamer doing very well. Hey, what what an excellent display in a five-one win! I think it tells you how good he was that he was voted the man of the match on on Twitter. Um, nine saves out of ten, which is equal most in the championship. Only Bristol City's Max O'Leary made as many and he kept clean sheet in the process as well. So nine out of nine. But I think the timing of those as well is 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 pretty key, right? You know, the the chance that Jordan's story has fairly early on from the Alan Brown cross is a big one. Um, and then the Brad Potts double chance from the Miller cross is another big one when the game's still kind of at nil-nil. Obviously, we went behind, but it's, um, you know, could have been, could have been, Worse at that point. Preston's XG, by the way, was 2.93. Ours was 2.92, uh, 2.12, which I think, you know, tells a little bit of a story that we kind of scored a couple, scored a couple of screamers and Preston missed a couple of, of, of pretty presentable chances as well or were denied a couple of pretty presentable chances as well. Uh, just one other thing on the goalkeepers, if you don't mind me uh, waffling mm. on a little bit longer, is that... Um, it, people have kind of said and discussed, and I heard this on Do Not Scratch Your Eyes, certainly, the possibility of signing another goalkeeper in January now that Hamer's playing to back up him and Backman. I just don't think that's a priority in in the slightest. They got rid of, or, or Foster retired. They was there, was there someone else kicking around that moved on? Pontus Dahlberg? Was that, was, that like this, was that this season or last season? Maybe it was Dahlberg, yeah. But um, Hamer was number three. He's been kind of promoted to de facto number two. I think just because he's playing now, there's no need to bring in somebody else. If, you know, if our financial kind of reality is, is what we think it is, I'd far rather put that money, be it salary um, or, or transfer fee or both, into another area of the squad. So I, I, I don't expect us to bring anyone in. And I, I certainly don't expect us to, to bring anyone in in goal because of, Daniel Batman being kind of um, 
not popular. I think, you know, the club are fairly committed to him. So if you're howling for another goalkeeper, just um, give it up. Excellent, Tom. A segue into transfers and we've kind of dealt with the first one. So Jordan, uh, come off the back of Tom, really. Do you, do you agree with that or do you think that goalkeeper investment is needed in January? Well, I think January you're, you're addressing more immediate issues and I think Hamer's, you know, his output's been good enough to justify giving him a little bit of trust and a little bit of confidence in, in his ability to, to kind of carry the team forward if he's going to be the guy in goal. You know, I don't think you feel so bad in your backup. Um, he's certainly not not hurting the performances. So, yeah, you use that that money, those assets elsewhere to, to strengthen more important um, areas of the, of the team, I'd say. In that case, Jordan, where is that important aspect? Well, you know, if it depends, you know, you're not always looking to upgrade in terms of um, quality in the individual position. You might be in, looking to help with depth. And I think we kind of touched on earlier, right back is is a position of concern for that. You know, and Gak has not had the best injury record. It's generally a little bit more soft tissue, you know, one or two games, hamstring injury here and there. Obviously more extended period here, but, it, you know, he comes back, you don't feel necessarily confident you're going to see him all mm. season. Um, so you maybe you're looking at that as a potential problem. I think if if you're being smart about it in an ideal world, you could hopefully find someone with a bit of utility that can play there. You know, we're obviously a little bit short in defensive positions in general if we don't feel great on Morris. You know, the problem is with this, as I'm giving this answer, I'm realising there's kind of every position you could you could make some argument yeah. for increasing the depth. Um, We're a little but, bit short everywhere, basically. <laughs> that's, that's the yeah, thing. Exactly. And there's no one... I don't know if there's any one glaring area of concern now. I think I think maybe it all, you have to kind of also think about the outgoings too. You know, someone like Reese Healy is to be is to be off in January in one way mm. or another. You think so? We need a, we need an option at striker. You so. think he's you think he's definitely off? I don't know if he's definitely off, but I think there's a very good chance. You now, even after his you know, his his introduction and um, you know, short cameo performance that that salvaged a point. Um, a few, just about a week ago, he still wasn't really included in the next game, was he? So it just doesn't feel like he's really going to get that chance. And now after Bayo's performance, he's you know back down the pecking order again. Um, if you're him, you want to play football. He's at you know he's he's almost thirty. You want to be playing football now. This is a good time um, to to be doing so. And he's he just doesn't really seem like he's going to be here, which is unfortunate. I think he could, but it just doesn't seem like he's going to. So I'm sure he's probably angling for a move. Um, if he feels like he's been left in the dark a bit too long. Um, in which case you've kind of got you've got to act because it's nice you know right now it's a problem for it's not so much a problem for Ismail because you know if he calls upon him he'll be there at the moment but um, yeah an injury to Bio and I wouldn't feel overly confident with Jas Rajovic as our as our forward option for the rest of the season. Okay, then Reese Healy potentially off in January. Uh, another couple that have been mentioned: Imran Loser and Tom Deli Bashira. How likely are those? And would the club need to act if something happened with either of those people going off? Loser's a name that's been thrown around a little bit, hasn't it? Because he's not playing and people, you know, we discussed it on last week's show, didn't we? The the Instagram story and, and Ismail's kind of come out and put a bit of meat on the bone there and said, you know, he needs to raise his level to be back in contention, which I think is perfectly fair and he's entitled to do. I think... Um, the club would probably see, probably view him as an asset that they could get a decent fee for if he was in a good moment of form, which clearly he isn't. So the only way I could see him leaving is alone with a 
good option or obligation to buy or maybe a classic Udinese fundraiser deal where he goes for, I don't know, is 60 or 70 million fair for one move? I mean, little friends, little friends and family discount on that. That's it, little friends and family discount on that one. But I would say 60 to 70 million to Udinese would be would be reasonable. Um, but no, I think he'll stick around. Tom Deli, I think he's a useful player to have. I doubt he's on massive money. I doubt he'd raise massive money if he left. So I, th- I think he realistically stays as well, particularly as we've, we've said, you know, Kane Bay's probably off and, and loser maybe to uh, AFCON. So, yeah. No, I, d- I, don't, I don't anticipate much. I think I'm with you, Jordan. I think Healy's the one that I'd be looking at to move on because you've effectively got Bio, who's limited, Ryovic, who's even more limited, and Healy, who is being limited yeah so <laughs> you, it's hard to it's hard to make a case to sign a striker when you've got three and you only play one at any given time so I think someone has to leave and I think Healy would be the one when they maybe a, a loan back to France to free up the the space on the, on the wage bill perhaps but anyone coming in would be probably in a Sombolonga mold right it wouldn't be a, a big outlay on someone it would be a, a freebie that's going right no, I, I think, yeah, it'd be a loan or a freebie. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a huge fee. But, you know, you, you look in the loan market as well, don't you? And you see kind of what's around and what's available. And, you know, just trying to find something that maybe suits the the type of player that, that he wants in that position, I guess. It's... I don't know if there's a link in, in, in that. I just, I know that, I know that Al Hamadi is um, one that Lou Horns likes a lot. And, um he was, I think, maybe trying to suggest that he could be a good option for us. But I mean, yeah, I'm not sure there's anything in it. Um, he's, yeah, he's a more slightly more all action, brings others into play, but in a different way, you know, more direct and able to get on the ball, dribble, get shots away, counter attack. You know, a fun, a, definitely a fun player um, that, that's doing really well currently. So you know, I'm sure he's in a lot of teams' radars, probably in the in the championship and so on. And nothing to say that he's not uh, not connected to to Watford in any sense. But I don't know if. Yeah, that would be one we're putting the fee down on. Not sure if that's going to happen necessarily. Okay. Uh, how about some backup for Jake Livermore? That's another thing that has been uh, touted as something we should look at in this window. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? See, I tweeted the other day that now we're on a little bit of a nice run over the last few weeks. I wonder if, and we're what, we're five points off the playoffs, aren't we? I wonder if there will be more temptation, more appetite from Pozzo to throw a few quid at it, nothing wild to get in the playoffs and, and potentially have that shot at the the lottery uh, win because I think that's how this ends in terms of him getting out of the, the club is getting promoted and selling. But, you know, equally, he might think, hang on, the momentum we've got, we don't need to do much. So we've never, until last January, we've never been huge January business doers, have we? So I think, yeah, one or two max. I could, I'd be surprised if we did more than that. And I don't think we need a vast amount more than that. I do wonder almost how much of it is an element of, you know, there have been some tweaks in personnel and how we set up and so on. And we're just kind of easing into finding our rhythm, which is something we've never managed to do before under a manager because they've never been given the time or very rarely been given the time to, to actually affect that change. So yeah, part of me wonders if there's still more to come from this team in a, in, a, in a way. Okay. 
Cool. Give me a give me a one, two, three. What's your what's your priority of of uh, of position? That would be the one. That would be one of the ones for me. If 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 we could create a situation to bring in a striker, that would be number one for me personally. And then I think it's it's number six, right back. Striker one, number six, two, right back, three. Cool. Jordan. Um, if Healy's going, if Healy's out, then then same, yeah. Yeah. So who's it going to be doing the uh, the transfer business then? Now is it is it Gianluca Nani time, or or do you think that we already have? people that that Jaretta identified it's not really the best time to be going into a January transfer with a a newly appointed technical director I would like to think that they are the business was not the business but the you know the planning the preparation shortlisting blah 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 is was all kind of done and that was you know part of the reason why they were able to let him go and it you know it's really now just a case of putting that anything they want to do into action it certainly is, you say, not perhaps the best time on the face of it, but also, you know, knowing how we are, how chaotic we are, how much you say so many people seem to have, I wouldn't bet on that either. So I think it'll be, you know, transfers by committee again. Yeah, maybe this period will be one where Isma has a little bit more say than what will be normal for him. You know, he's, he's kind of continuity in this in this window. So, uh, yeah, I think Tom's probably pretty close to the mark there, though. Okay, interesting, interesting, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, more on that topic, I think, uh, in another pod. But up next, Blackburn. What do we expect from them, guys? They're, traditionally, we, we don't do that great up at Blackburn. So it could be, be a tricky one for us. Or do you think momentum will carry us through? They're a decent team going through a bit of a sticky patch, aren't they? And, and, and not a massive sticky patch, by the way. They obviously got walloped by Southampton on Saturday and they've lost kind of three of their last four, but they played Leeds in that run, Sheffield Wednesday, who are rejuvenated. But I think they've done a, a pretty, pretty damn good job. Or John Dahl Thomason has done a pretty damn good job given, you know, they lost a lot of, um, well, not a lot, but they lost some big players over the summer, didn't they? Bradley Dack and Ben Brett and Diaz, both kind of moving on to pastures new who had been, big players for them. You know, I think if you looked at that squad in the summer, you might have said, where are the goals coming from? Um, but Sammy Smodic has uh, really stepped up, hasn't he, and had a season. I don't think anyone um, expected 14 goals in the league. They're, you know, they, they try and keep the ball and, and play play decent, um, decent stuff. Um, kind of mid-table in terms of their, their XG, so perhaps overachieving... Um, a bit, a bit in that sense, running a bit hot in that sense as the seventh highest scorers. But you know they're they're a decent team, and and certainly at home they've proven themselves to be fallible as well. So I think a bit like Preston, it's going to be a decent test, but it's not a game that we should be going into and kind of thinking, oh well, you know, set up defensively and try and play for a point. Let's let's go there and continue the momentum we've got and 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 try and build on it and get another another away win in quick succession. We've got three already this season. We only managed five in the whole of last season, so that's uh, let's let's move one closer. Yeah, no, I think I agree. You know, it's a, it's a team that's quite close to us. I think in terms of you know ability, it's just they can be an effective unit. Also, they had some tough games, Leeds and Southampton recently, and they had a bad loss. Um, they had a bad loss at home. No, sorry, away. It must have been the Sheffield Wednesday. 
um, a couple of weeks ago, but they they're a difficult team to play against. You know, I'm curious to see yeah. the, the the matchup between our two number eights and uh, and their two kind of deeper defensive midfield players that they have operating there. You know, they they try to start attacks from there, and I think disrupting those can be important. Almost kind of stopping a bit of a four four two, um, the way they get players forward, uh, but he can also drop in there and, and be that kind of more defensive or more kind of robust midfield, allowing to be a little bit more. Uh, stable in transition and so on. So, yeah, tough game. Um, obviously, they had a talent Britain went off for two yellows. So, yeah, they've got a little, they're a little bit down there. But um, tough, tough game for us to play, I'd say, a little bit stylistically. But it should be a good matchup, I would imagine. All right, then. I think that will uh, just about do us for this pod. Uh, thanks very much, guys, for joining me as ever. Uh, um, just a few things just to round up the pods. If you haven't followed us already, do give us a follow at Watford Pod on Twitter. You can also follow us separately at Jordan Weimer, at TB Bedell, at Messi Messiano. Um, yeah, do enjoy the festive periods. Another victory would be very much welcome indeed. Okay then, thanks guys from the Watford Pod. That's us done. See you later. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.